I don't really know what to do here, guys. This is this is um, generally untrod territory. I don't really know how to react here. I don't really know what I'm supposed to say. I wasn't expecting this. I don't think any of us were. Let me try this. Chicago Bears win 40-20 to against the Washington Commanders. A dominating performance on a bittersweet night for the Chicago Bears. Uh, R.O.P. to Dick Butkus, one of the true greats of not just the Chicago Bears, but the game itself. Uh, he will be missed, and we'll get into that at the end of the episode when we found out, basically. But we're going to focus on the actual game itself here, which was a, a dominating performance for the Chicago Bears. If last week, it feels like a, a set of steps. So last week felt one like one step up, and then they took the breaks off a little bit. This week felt a little bit more dominant this one felt like they knew what they were doing a bit more dj moore went off eight receptions 230 yards three touchdowns most of them on go routes and comeback routes he he looked outstanding on the outside um he this seems we seem to have found a home for dj moore and it seems to really work um justin field's stats don't look as good as i think he, he played really well he played differently from we've seen him in the past played with patience but he was seeing the actual field and, and it it looked like a different justin field's performance uh the offensive line's banged up but it's working and players like tim jenkins coming back it's going to help admittedly but it just felt like a the offensive line was giving him time and it felt like he was getting the ball out a little bit quicker as well haven't seen any official times yet but I would imagine Fields was getting the ball out quicker. He was seeing better the field better by the looks of things as well. Uh, and, yeah, the offensive line did their job and gave him enough time to play. Felt like they just gave him a chance to win the game. Um, in terms of rushing, I'm still kind of shocked that they managed 178 yards. By the middle of the third quarter, they were down Roshan Johnson, Khalil Herbert, and they'd already down Travis Homer as well. And they were down um, to... Basically, uh, Blazingen, who was their fullback, rushing the ball. Uh, admittedly, he didn't do much after his longest run was six yards. I mean, what can you expect from a fullback? And Justice Fields was still reasonably dominant in the run game, but it was the passing game in this one that he kind of played up to. Uh, Washington were on the back foot for most of this game. Sam Howell, I thought, put in a reasonably solid performance, considering, and admittedly, it's against one of the worst Chicago Bears defense as I've seen shout out though to um Jaquan Brisker who I thought played very very well um it's throw the ball 51 times they had the boy him throwing the ball 31 times they ran the ball 10 times despite the fact that Brian Robson Robinson has been playing out of his skin at the moment I get the feeling they just went away from it a bit too quick uh Eric Bieniemy, when you're the Chicago Bears head coach next year this is something to think something to think about maybe don't put the ball in Sam Howell's hands for that much of the game Spread the ball around there. Sam Howell, I think, still looks pretty solid. Took a ton of sacks. He's on schedule to have a 99 sacks this year or something ridiculous like that, which would give him the sack record, which is very concerning um, about this offensive line, particularly the fact that this Bears pass rush is not brilliant, and they were getting home in this one. So it's a positive step for the Chicago Bears. And it's a ne very negative step for Washington. I think every week we're finding more, out more and more that Washington have some flaws. Last week, I think, might have been an anomaly now looking at it, how good they played against the Philadelphia Eagles. And now we're seeing 
somewhere in between this is what the Washington team actually is. But I'm slightly concerned that they might start a decline from now on. This was not good uh, from the Washington Commanders. And the Chicago Bears took full advantage of it. Credit where it's due. Justin Fields, I thought, played an exceptional game. That's two in a row. Uh, with mistakes, he's always going to make mistakes. But the thought is that if he's going to throw four touchdown passes and then put himself in harm's way uh, for a couple of those, three sacks in this one, then it's not by harm's way. I don't mean physically harm's way, but, but putting himself in positions where he's going to take a loss. I, I'd rather take that. I would rather, I'd be happy with that. And DJ Moore finally has been the player that we, I mean, more than the player that we were expecting when we signed him. That's me looking like an excellent move now if he carries on playing this well. And if you look at where the balls were going and where the yards were going, DJ Moore, 230 yards, Cole Komet, 42 yards, Robert Tonyan, 10 yards, everyone else, zero. There were some drops. There was, uh, they were targeted eight times between the rest of them, but. It was the DJ Moore show in this one. It was an outstanding performance from DJ Moore, an outstanding performance from Justin Fields. The QB rating won't meet that, I don't think, but I think he played an outstanding game in this one. So, Chicago Bears win 40 to 20. I am a happy chappy, and we go into the weekend not having to worry about the Chicago Bears. So, I'm going to pass you over to me, who's going to sound like we lost the game because we, this was all recorded prior to the game actually happening. But, um, yeah. Dan, cheer up, you miserable sod. It's It worked out all right. Once again, though, RIP to Dick Butkus. That is a uh, one that's going to haunt me for a while. That, that 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 was not not the news I needed to hear last night. Dick Butkus is one of the true Chicago Bears greats, one of the true greats of the game. Anyway, uh, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the Gridiron Gentleman podcast. You'll have just heard a sleepy time review, which no doubt will have involved tears, laughter, maniacal laughter, probably, most likely, uh, and uh, a result that probably didn't go in favour of the Chicago Bears. Who knows, though? Maybe it did. Mm. I mean, we, we obviously know because we're obviously recording after that happened. Whatever. We're going to get on to week five. Guys, week five. We're quite way through the season already. Yeah. There How are did teams that on bye. There are teams on bye weeks. Yeah, uh, that's a good point, actually. Who have we got on bye weeks? We have the Seahawks, Browns, Buccaneers, and Chargers. It's a good one for you, and a bad one for you because you don't get to talk about Seahawks. But you don't, also don't have to talk about the Browns. I uh, yeah, I like that part better. Swings and roundabouts, I suppose, isn't it? That's good. Yeah. That was Phil, by the way. Phil, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Oh. I'm good. Uh, I'm obviously in a really good mood after the Chicago Bears dumping win over Washington Commanders. Yeah, maybe. James, how's it going? It's going well. It's going okay. It's going. Good. It's going. It's going okay. It's going. going okay. Is it? Yeah. Your going team okay. won a game last week. Is it a win though? Really a win? I don't, I don't know. I or did don't time? Know. Or did time just run out quickly <laughs> enough for us to not lose? No, because you you were definitely on the offensive at that point. So like, we were, we were offensive. Um, two quarters. I, I I won't be reading too much into that result. Let me put it that way. But yeah, I thought I, thought, thought I really wouldn't. It's a historically bad defense. It's not good, is it? That you beat up on in the first half. Um, right. Yeah. Let's get cracking. We have got a London game, guys. Another London game. Two thirty p.m. again. Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars. Good lord. 
versus Jaguars. The, Jaguars versus the uh, Jaguars. Jaguars. Both coming in off the back of a victory. One might be more significant than the other one, though. Jaguars beat the Atlanta Falcons in London last week. This is their first back-to-back game, I think. I might be wrong. They might have done it last year as well. Um, uh, a, a toothless Atlanta Falcons team. This Buffalo Bills team is an entirely different prospect. They managed to completely stifle the Miami Dolphins offense and completely just spanked them them on both sides of the ball in general. That's a really good way of putting it. I mean, I think the home crowd, and I think we can call the Jags the home crowd like when they're in the UK now, or the UK the home crowd when the Jags are here, um, would probably want to find a way that the Jacksonville Jaguars could win this. I don't know whether there is one. I think the Buffalo Bills are might be the best team in the league right now. So I I think this could be a very one-sided game, but I'm curious, very curious. Well, what do you guys reckon? <laughs> um, um, they The Bills have definitely answered a lot of the questions because we were concerned about the offensive line, which played very well last week. Mm. We were concerned about the receiving group, which... Yeah has turned out to be less of an issue because their running game has improved and it's not over-reliant on Josh Allen. Yeah. They're they're actually using running backs to run rather than giving it to the quarterback and letting him just barrel through. Other people are running the ball. Yeah, which I think, yeah, it it looks a bit more balanced. Mm. They're they're making up for the the lack of necessary high-end receiving talent outside of Stefan Diggs by just keeping it fairly simple in the passing game. Yeah, just 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 getting people open so they don't have to make spectacular play after they've caught it, because yeah. outside of Stefan Diggs, none of them are really that kind of guy. Like Gabe Davis isn't a right. I'm going to grab the ball, make three defenders miss, jump over a fourth one, and do a canter into the the end zone. Diggs makes magic happen. Gabe Davis reacts to whatever his quarterback's doing. Basically, yeah. I think it's- yeah. I'm sure of it. Um, I think the one advantage the Jags might have is that, that, that this is over the, say, the Dolphins last week. Their pass rush looked really good against the Falcons last week, particularly Josh Allen had a really good game. We've got another Josh Allen versus Josh Allen game, and this time it's in London, and usually crazy stuff happens in London. And the last time those two met, Josh Allen, Jacksonville Jaguars Josh Allen, went ballistic, like he just did. went off. Like mm. proving that he wanted to be like, like it was like a Highlander fight. Like he there can be only one. There can be only one Josh Allen, <laughs> and he decided in that game there and then that he was the one and only Josh Allen. Oh, definitely. Just in general, the Jags' pass rush is looking pretty damn good at the moment, and I think that could be a problem for the Buffalo Bills. But I say the offensive line's playing really well at the moment. What do you reckon, James? It's going to be. Um, a bigger ask than it was last year, mm. I think, um, because of the balance the Bills have found um, in terms of run and pass. Um, let's not gloss over the fact that Buffalo, even at their best, are still a flawed premise. Mm. Because if you think about what happens, if, if, you, if you can stifle Stefan Diggs, then not much else. Then, then there isn't much else there. Mm. Or there wasn't. Now you have James Cook. Yeah. And you have... But what 
I need to see from them is to give me some more hope going forward. And what I hope to see after their bye week is, is more Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. Uh, and I think if they can involve him more, involve Gabe Davis more, um, then it's 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 a less flawed premise for them because they still feel a little bit one-dimensional in the passing game. Um, and and that is kind of a backdoor way for the Jags to have a shot if if they can kind of manage Stefan Diggs. But managing Stefan Diggs is a very difficult thing to do because at some point, regardless of what you play, you eventually have to match up with him. There aren't very many people that match up very well with him. No, there's not. And he he's playing like he's the best receiver in the league at the moment, and he's up against some pretty damn stiff competition as well. Like he, he was outstanding yeah. last week. Just literally took the game by the horns. Um, yeah. That game goes very differently if Jamal, if, if I'm looking at the wrong, uh, uh, Jamal Agnew at the moment, I was about to talk about him. But uh, if, um, if uh, Stefan Diggs isn't on the field, yeah. Um, yeah. It, equally, the Jags are still flawed at wide receiver as well. Like if we look at the other side of the ball, no Zay Jones, no Jamal Agnew. That's a problem. Um, Trevor Lawrence played, I thought, pretty well last week. Continues to be let down by his weapons a yeah. lot of the time. Once again, different prospect this week, though. That Buffalo Bills defensive line is incredible. And yes, they're going to miss Trey White. But, but um, yeah. I it's less forgiving than playing against the Falcons was. Yeah. You know, it, it, even, you know, yeah, his wide receivers are not playing brilliantly this year. But against the Falcons, that wasn't a big issue because their defense isn't as elite as this Buffalo defense is. No, this Buffalo defense, even yeah, like you said, without Tre'Davious White, is still fantastic. Flawed offensive line for the Jags as well. Still, um, yeah, it's it's, 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 yeah. it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. It's going to make life difficult for them. <clears throat> it is, yeah. I think this could be one-sided. But gonna... yeah. Cool. Sorry, right? I was about to say you're also about to make it really, really much worse for them. What's that? Well, a player returns this week to the Bills. Who returns this week? Von Miller. Oh my goodness me. They are in trouble. If I hadn't already made my mind up. Yeah, that kind of sets it. They are in danger, to quote uh, Ralph Wiggum. I'm in danger. They are in danger. Because Von Miller. (laughs) Von Miller strikes me as the kind of guy that just always goes off when he comes back from something like this as well. Oh, yeah. There's going to be no no holding back, no, at all. No, I agree. And he is ageless. He's ageless. He is. Those chickens keep ageless. him young, don't they? So. They do. Um, I do wonder how how they'll cope with without trade Tre'Davious White and, and what that does. I think it's a massive mess. They, because on top of which he's not the first cornerback or the first defensive back to go down injured for the Bills as well. Um, uh, I mean, they're yeah, already without sure. Benford and Poyer. Like that, that's a massive miss. So they are down to Kyrie Elam, who I don't think they have that much faith in just yet. Taron Johnson on the outside as well. Then Micah Hyde, who had a very good game last week, I thought. Uh, and then Taylor Rapp, yeah. Demar Hamlin as well. And Demar Hamlin obviously came back for the first game last week. So yeah, yeah. could be a, could be, could so, be an interesting one. Potential weakness for the Bills. The other underrated. Hmm. Sorry, Phil, you go. Yeah, it, it would be more of a problem if the Jags receivers were playing better, mm. but they have not been playing well. Mm. And if that continues, then the weakened secondary is not 
as much of an issue because it, it, it almost doesn't matter because if the receivers aren't playing well, then the cornerbacks, they, they don't need to be as good. It's, and you're assuming yeah. that Trevor Lawrence is going to have the time to throw, which he will not. No, I agree. I agree. He's going to be very rushed. Yeah. What do you reckon, James? Were you going to say something? Just that last week, the Buffalo Bills allowed some total of six pressures and 30 pass blocking snaps, which is actually for them quite, quite is, is, is an excellent performance yeah. against the defence. While it's not amazing, it's still a big fan of defence. Yeah. Um, so th- 30 passing snaps, so only allowed six pressures, no hits, no sacks, is is very, very prescient and, and, it, and it's really key to how well Josh Allen played. I think when, when Josh Allen is not rushed and calm back there and he can be any Josh Allen he wants to in any given play, hmm. that's the recipe for disaster for the other team. It's it's not good. Um, but I really, really was massively encouraged with the quality of play calling from Sean McDermott mm-hmm. to, to nullify because it wasn't like they, they dominated from the start. It was toe-to-toe. And there were adjustments here and there that happened that where he was suddenly able to say, no, no, you've had two quarters of this, yeah, and now we are going to adjust, and we are going to stop you. Yeah. And that, that is the impressive bit of it, is that it was happening to them, and he just found a way to dial stuff up that just shut it all down. I think um, we are in for a treat when it comes to Coach of the Year this year because I think there are already a number of names that could throw their name in that hat. He is one of them. Um, Well, maybe maybe I'll I'll point out the others when we get to them as well. But Yeah, excellent Mm -hmm. so far from the Bills and particularly, as I say, Sean McVay seems to be the difference maker at the moment. So, yeah. And it's worth mentioning as well how good his offensive coordinator, whose name is Ken Dorsey, has been as well. While we're at it, so yeah. really good both sides of the ball for the Bills. Uh, with that, and as a result of that, I'm going to go for a pretty comprehensive Bills win in this one. I'm going to go uh, 34 to 21 to the Buffalo Bills. Do you reckon, James? Uh, 27 17 to the Bills. Phil. Uh, I've gone for a Bills win, 27 to 20, because the Jags might make up some scores towards the end. Maybe, yeah, definitely. I want this game to be exciting so bad, but we've got the Texans at the Falcons, and it's not exciting, and I want it to be, but it's not. Is it? Because CJ Stroud is good. That's what I'm saying. CJ Stroud is good. That's the problem with this game. The Texans are good. (laughs) I don't think the Falcons have enough to take them past this Houston Texans team anymore. I never thought I'd ever say that. That's bonkers. So Desmond Ridder is not good. Let's let's oh, let's just very bland. We 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 saw good performances from Zach Wilson and Justin Fields last week and we did not see one from Desmond Ridder. Let me put it that way. No. You know when you watch a bad young quarterback yeah. that you can see that there's a way down the road that it could be okay. Yeah, I think I know where you're going you with know how I, I watched Bryce Young. Yeah. I think that'll probably come good. Yeah. I watched Anthony Richardson when he sprays it all over the place. And I think he's going to be fine. Yeah. I look at Desmond Ritter and I think there's still so much to do. Just from a 
poised perspective and just seeing things clearly. He does not see does things it, clearly. Does it not feel like? Does it not feel like a little bit we're nearing his ceiling already? Like th- this, we're there. that we've we we now know what Desmond Ridder is, and we've seen it. Yeah. Um, mm, I feel like that's a, a fair summary. He, there's just so much wrong. Like, and there's ne- there's not like Zach Wilson has upside. Justin Fields is upside, and I can't see what it is with Desmond Ridder. And it's like he's when he pl- when he plays to the outside, he's pretty good. He's okay. Just those passes across the middle, he cannot seem to throw with any anticipation. And when he does throw, he's throwing directly to a safety because he's just staring down who he's, where he's trying to throw the ball to. <clears throat> and a Demiha Ryan's defense is not the defense you want to be going up against after you've had an average game against a bad game against a okay Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Oh. They are going to make him pay on this one. Uh, the plus side, um, the running game's really good in Atlanta, but then that was to be expected. Is, it? is hmm? it that really good running back they picked up? Is it? Is it good now? It's 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 okay, yeah. <laughs> Tyler Algier is pretty good as well, by the way. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You've all got, you've got even what the leading rookie rusher right. last year, Algier. Yeah. And now you've added B. John Robinson. Yeah. So you've got a two-headed monster in your backfield. I think Patterson's Ooh. back as well. Um, Taylor Heineke, we might see him in this one, depending if Desmond Ritter tries to give Matt Collins another high five and Matt that Collins guy. just knocks him out cold this time. Um, just, that was I feel like something has gone wrong. And he was saying he had internet issues. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. Uh, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, cool. Do you step on the cable again? I th- yeah, I think that's what it was, yeah. Right, um... I'll start again. Um, so, like, I think we might see Taylor Heineke in this one, uh, depending if Mac Hollins uh, completely sparks out Desmond Ridder, if he tries to give him another high five, because uh, that was brutal. I've never, I've seen players just ignore high fives. I've never seen them outright square up when he tries to actually give him a high five. Don't you give me that? I don't want that. Please go away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, now you know who I am. Huh? Yeah, didn't think you could see me from the ball that you threw five five yards behind me. Um, if we just for a moment circle back to Desmond Ridder, you know how quarterbacks fall into two buckets. Hmm. You've got slightly inaccurate guy who's not great at mental processing, yeah. but who has superior upside, yeah. and then you have the quarterback who has milk toast sort of physical upside and athleticism, who has to rely on being anticipatory and precisely accurate. Yeah, well. Of those four components, Desmond Ritter is not very good at any one of those four. That's the problem. There we are. Desmond Ritter, for for me, is the epitome of great college quarterback that that never stood a chance in the NFL. Like, yeah. I don't think it's going to get any He never had to run up a score either. No. Never had to run up a score because his defense was so good. Yeah. It does help having um, Source Gardner on the other side, I suppose. But, like... um, it's Nick Benito, yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. And CJ Stroud's playing really well. He might be the best looking rookie this year so far. Richardson's probably close behind, but Stroud looks he great. Fits. 
he seems to he seems to have mastered doing the basics well mm-hmm. you know he's 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 not trying to do anything super spectacular he just seems to have worked he seems to have adapted very quickly yeah to the change of pace and to the changing of pressure and everything else seems to, he seems to have adapted from college to the NFL very quickly he's going to get Nico Collins and Tank Dell new contracts let's just get that one out of the way first but yeah <laughs> sorry sorry James carry on well I was I, I didn't actually start speaking but I think okay. Phil was pretty much 90% hit the nail on the head yeah. he does the basic things really well mm-hmm. but but he does some basic things to an elite level already yeah. so yeah, how Joe Burrow is like a, a pocket savant. Yeah. And he can you know, move in the pocket and has amazing field vision. When he's got one. Well, CJ Stroud has, yeah, when he has two functioning legs. Yeah. Um, CJ Stroud has this um, knack for really almost sometimes on the verge of being too early anticipatory mm. throws. Yeah. It's like the ball is out. And you, you hit pause as he's cocking an arm to throw, and you're like, and you're looking at where the ball will go to, and you're like, how do you even see that? That's just trust. Yeah. But the ball will hit the receiver. Like, like there are throws where Nico Collins will turn around, and it's just in his hands. It's like it's been handed to him. Yeah. And he almost seems surprised. It's, it's up on my helmet. It's where it should be, and it's just landing here. So he's really, really good at being precisely accurate. And throwing with anticipation, which is why the throws just it seems so easy because the defenders just aren't expecting the throw when it arrives. Yeah. They're expecting it half a beat later and it's already, you know, flying past their ear and they're like, What? And he he also showed in last week that, you know, when he gets outside of the pocket, he can create and he can make off platform throws on the move. Yeah. So I, a massive tick in every single box so far. I think he's pretty special. I, I really do. I think, think I think he's he's going to be. Um, I don't know what the Texans are this year. I, I can't get my head around what they are, but I, I'm pretty certain they're good enough to beat the Falcons right now. Yeah. They're really well prepared. They're really well prepared for every game. Absolutely, this is a well coached team led by a decent quarterback. I think they're in a really good situation right now. Uh, I mean, I'm going to go for the Texans in this one, which is once again a little bit odd. Not something I had my Self doing at the start of the season, but here we are. Well done, Houston. Texans winning um, 21 to 10. James, what do you reckon? Um, let's also not underestimate that Texas defense. Will Anderson is good a run defender on the defensive line as there is in the NFL right now already. So um, I'm going to go for a pretty handy one, actually. I'm going to go Texans 28, Falcons mm. 10. Nice, yeah. And Phil? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go for a Texans win as well, 25 to 21, based on the fact that the Falcons running game might score on a couple of touchdowns. Maybe. Yeah. There is some magic in that that unit, isn't there? So yeah. It's very possible. That might do something. I'm not, not convinced that yeah. it really will. Yeah, agreed. Um, okay, next up we have, if I've got this right, Panthers visiting the Lions. Is it Panthers at Lions? It is, right? It is, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Panthers visiting the Lions. Oh, dear. The Carolina Panthers, they're not good. And they are the second worst team in the, in the league at the moment. 
they can continue to be the second worst team as long as they like, uh, as far as I'm concerned. They can't seem to get anything going. The defense isn't what it, we thought it was going to be, and the offense probably is what we thought it was going to be, but we're massively overrating it. Um, on the other side of the ball, the Lions, I think, kind of had a statement game last week against the Green Bay Packers. They had a few days extra to rest as well in this one, I think. Bit between the teeth, the only reason they might lose this one is if they want the Bears to slip up and uh, not get that number two overall pick. Um, I, I, I don't... Once again, there's a lot of one-sided games this week, and I think this is another one of them. I think the Lions are, once again, this is a weird sentence, much better than the Carolina Panthers, and on top of which, all their players that were suspended for gambling are coming back this week as well. Mm. Yeah, that's... That's not good for Carolina. It's not. No. no they have. Bryce Young's looked good, but outside of that, it's far. It's hard to find a bright spot right now for Carolina. No. Brian Burns is good, but that's about it. And they're just they're very shallow across the board. Mm. You know, there's no standout receiver. There's no running back that gives you something to take the weight off of Bryson's shoulders. There's just, yeah, it's just a very talent-poor roster going up against a Lions team that's organised, motivated, and pretty good. Do you know who, do you know who Bryce Young reminds me of? Year one, Joe Burrow. Mm. Which is, yeah. uh, here's Joe Burrow. There's clearly some talent there. He's surrounded by nothing at all, though. Um, and he's trying to make plays happen whilst also yeah. trying to trying to hide under the turf in uh, in uh, the Paul Brown Stadium. But uh, it's uh, it's not. Um... He's got his cable again. Oh, it's, it's, uh. can you not hear me? How about now? No. Hello. There we go. Okay, cool. yep. I might just carry on yes. talking next time because no. yep. uh, I think it's, it's just the internet's been a bit crap. So um, I might all leave all this in and just whack it up to be honest with you um yeah i think um joe burrow is a fair analogy of bryce young because there's clearly talent there and also there's no one surrounding him uh, i'm gonna keep talking until you guys can hear me just someone nod if you can when you can hear me okay um but for the, for the time being um bryce young's gonna have to grin and bear it i think you know, so, yes. Yeah. What do you, what what do you think, either of you guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is an uphill battle. Yeah. But Bryce Young and Co. It's, it's well, especially Bryce Young. Um, the Lions' defense looks better than it did last year, which was kind of their weak spot. Aiden Hutchinson's taken a step forward, which, considering he looked really good last year, is trouble for anybody who gets in front of him, even with his tiny T-Rex arms. Mm. Um, yeah, the, I, I don't see... If you're trying to find... I think Will mentioned it earlier in the week. If you're trying to find a place where an underdog can win, you're looking for the bits where they're better mm. than the other team. I don't think the Panthers have anything any sort of group that's better than anything the Lions have. And I think that means they're just, they just, there's almost no way for them to overcome this. I mean, it'd be a surprise, wouldn't it? 
but yeah. James? Yeah. There isn't, and um, I think there's nothing offensively or defensively that, that should scare Detroit at all. Um, the recipe for an upset would have to be an unbelievable bed-shitting proposition for the epic proportions that would send Dan Campbell into the kind of murderous rage only seen in serial killers. Um, what is really the, the next key piece in Detroit's development as a team has been Sam Reporter. Yeah. He is, he is legit. He, he is in every phase, that you, everything you'd expect a rookie tight end to show in the first quarter of the season, he's shown it. He's shown the ability to be a reliable catcher of the ball, a solid blocker in the run game. Catchy, he is, he is really, really good after the catch. He's, he's not. I, I, I actually think about it now and I just think, well, how did I not see him being this good? I thought, yeah, he's my tight end four. But I just didn't necessarily know whether it would all just translate from Iowa to the NFL because I'm so used to Iowa tight ends disappointing me. Hmm. That's a good point. Um, yeah. This could be one-sided, isn't it? Mm. No, but yeah. Yeah. I think we should just get some scores in. So, Phil, where are you going? Uh, I'm going for a Lions win 8-16. to 16. Wow. James? Depends. If the Lions want to break out a bit more Jameer Gibbs, then you know you can have another 10 points to whatever you predict. They just seem to be allergic to giving you more than 15 touches a game. Personally, I'd give them 30 a game and just see what happens. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure there'll be lots more points. Um, but yeah, um, Detroit Lions 27, Carolina Panthers 7. Sneaky, interesting game up next. Titans-Colts. Uh, Titans, I, mean, I think, Colts are interesting. I think the Titans have been better than expected throughout most of the season. I think they've been up and down at least. Okay, maybe I'm overselling this one. I think I'm overselling this one. Titans' defense has been good anyway, and they'll be up against Anthony Richardson, who I think has been pretty good. Like, it's particularly yeah. the second half of the last game. Considering what we're expecting from Anthony Richardson, I think it's kind of on track for for what we think he should be. Um, I can't really say any more than that. I think that's pretty much what Anthony Richardson is, and they the Colts are doing a good job of embracing it. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Anthony Richardson's been athletically spectacular, which we knew he would be. He's a great runner. He's a great athlete. Yeah. Um, he's shown some really good passes on the deep ball, and yeah. also just some decent decision making. He needs to learn to slide. And mm -hmm. not throw himself in head first. Okay, uh, we've, we've no more of him going out of games injured early. Please, thank you. Just you don't have to do it every time. Just give up a couple of yards, slide and lie down. Yeah, don't just try and bury your way through every time. <laughs> okay, the team needs you later in the game. You are less replaceable than the people who normally do the barreling through. Okay, your running backs you usually have like four or five of those in your squad. There's only one of you, and we don't want to see the backup. Yeah. Okay. 
nobody wants Gardner Minshew apart from Gardner Minshew. Minshew mania, though. Yeah, that that was fun for five minutes. It was great. Yeah, it was. It's not funny. It was somehow even more short-lived Linsanity, wasn't it? Yeah. So like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Lin Sanity only lasted because he was in New York and there was nobody yeah. else on that table who would shoot, so. <laughs> Whereas, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, this is a very good point. Anthony Richardson needs to watch out for his career and needs to make a few business decisions every now and then. Just, just, not getting the first yeah. down. just not every single time you run it. Every single time you run it, you don't have to put yourself on the line no. to try and get like an extra yard or two. It's okay to just jump out of bounds or... Like I said, just slide down and lay there and it'll be fine. Please stop headbutting the defensive line. It doesn't go well. Especially if you're up against Jeffrey Simmons as well. Yeah, no, he's just a big man to try and take down with your head. Yeah, yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. I don't think there's much to add with this one. The Colts are rolling at the moment, even though yep. they lost the last game. They looked good. They looked like they were in the game against Chargers, and he looked like he was going toe-to-toe for the most part. Not the Chargers, was it? Who did they play in the last game? I'm, I'm going, I'm a nincompoop. What, who am I? Huh? Yeah, it was no, Ravens they beat, didn't they? Yeah. Now, the Rams. That's why I think of the Chargers. It was the Rams. So, yeah. yeah um, they lost on a Puka Nakua, but he's the greatest NFL player of all time. So. <laughs> he's one of the best wide receivers of all time. So, you know. Yeah, it's difficult to beat him. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. Uh, personally, I think the Colts are going to take this one. The Colts um, are a better team. I think they're up against it a little bit. And on any decent day, Ryan Tannehill could take the game and uh, take it to the Colts. I didn't mean to yawn mid-sentence. I'm very tired. It's um, appropriate to Ryan Tannehill. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. The Titans' offense isn't exciting. I'm going to go 17 to 14 to the Indianapolis Colts in this one. James, what do you reckon? See, I think Ryan Turner Hill's played well mm. for the most part. And they are leaning more into Derek Henry again, who seems to actually now be getting ahead of steam. I don't know. I, I, I. This is this this feels like a game where actually the Titans are getting into their flow a little bit. Yeah. Jeffrey Simmons is legitimately terrifying as well. He he is playing at a level that, that he, even he hasn't played at yet. It's it, 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 and the defense is good. I am also still concerned by the Colts' offensive line. Mm-hmm. A little bit concerned by the fact that Anthony Richardson's time to throw is still barely below three seconds. Which, when you're going up against a defensive front like this, is not the greatest thing in the world to have Very happening. Good Very good and, and I think there is a chance this does not go the Colts' way. Um, significant enough that I think that if it becomes a physical game, if you catch my drift, yeah, then um, I think there's an opportunity for the Colts to be out muscled here on both is sides. It- so I'm I'm going to zig where everybody's zagging. I think for this one. Ooh, is uh, Jonathan Taylor back? Um, he is. Double check actually, because I was in the process of refreshing, refreshing the page, and Jonathan Taylor was indeed on the headlines on NFL.com. But then I 
nine pop-up video came up and I immediately closed it on. Um, Colts running back Jonathan Taylor remains mum on his future. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Return to practice today. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would say that if he makes it through this week of practice healthy, he'll play. Yeah. And as good as Zach Moss has been playing, adding Jonathan Taylor to the mix is a good thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Phil, going Colts? Uh, yeah, I'm going for a Colts win, 24-18. to 18. Nice. Bit of a ruse potentially there, James. We'll see what happens there. Um, yeah. Giants-Dolphins, guys. Let's uh, rattle through this one quickly. Ugh. The Giants did not look good. <laughs> Monday night football against the Seahawks. And it wasn't like the Seahawks played like particularly well. But the Giants' offense without Saquon lifeless. Find the Giants. I don't want to be going up against the Miami Dolphins team that was just embarrassed no. by the Buffalo Bills last week. No, these guys are going to be so angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There could be another 50 burger coming here. It's just like, mm-hmm. yeah. And, no. and Mike McDaniel will do it with a massive smile on his face as well the whole time. Yeah, as he's asking the fans to write down plays. Just like, yeah, what do you think? Hey, what team was Brian Dayball at before before the New York? Buffalo? <laughs> Pull out all the stops. Let's go. Let's destroy this Giants team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't really want to talk about it too much because I think the Miami Dolphins, I think last week was a bit of a hiccup. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, the, the, the Bills' defense played exceptionally well. They basically had... Clearly, a game planned that one for a couple of weeks. Yeah, seeing what had happened last week or the week before, mm-hmm. we're like, no, 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 not letting that happen. Yeah, um, not like this, no, <laughs> not like this. <laughs> um, but I, the Giants, I don't think, have got that in them. The, the defense is decent, um, mm-hmm. but not elite, so they're probably won't give up like a 50 burger or something like that because they're not as bad as the Broncos are, but they're still not going to be good enough to stop them piling up a fair few points. And I don't know where they're going to get any points from. They have no receivers and they're like I said, there's no, there's no Saquon. So I I don't know what their offense is, where their offense is coming from. Couple points. Isn't, an agile enough runner. He's a decent runner, but bit of open space. He can make a good decision, and he's fairly quick. But he's not like a an elusive runner. He doesn't suddenly lose Daniel Jones. He's the big white tower of boringness, just kind of sprinting in that straight line. A couple of points that could be bad for the Miami Dolphins. Firstly, their offensive line, defensive line, sorry, defensive line's pretty bad. Like, it's not playing good football so far this season. Looking forward to seeing them do something a bit different potentially this week. Secondly, the Giants' defensive line's very good, and it's looking like Teron Armstead and Connor Williams are going to be out in this game. And that makes a massive difference to this Miami Dolphins team. Historically, when Teron Armstead's been out of games, they've not done very well. Yeah, usually because Tua gets knocked unconscious. 
Yeah. Which I don't want. No. And more of that. What do you reckon, though, James? So, um, very just quickly cycling back to the Giants' defense. Um, Don Wink Martindale was um, asked um, press conference this week um, about his own personal insight about how how difficult it is to plan for the Dolphins. Um, and this is a quote from from him. My wife called me last night before she went to bed. She said she was worried about me. She said, are you getting any sleep, honey? Martindale told reporters on Thursday, I said, yeah, I'm sleeping like a baby. And as much as every two hours, I wake up and cry, <laughs> go to the bathroom, try and get back to sleep. <laughs> it's, he's making a joke about the fact that he is thinking very hard about what he's about to face. But um, I think it was very worrying last week. Um, to see how little pressure the Dolphins were able to generate um, against the Bills. I think there was a total of six pressures, no sacks, no hits. Um, and just... <laughs> but both offensive lines are awful. And both teams' quarterbacks are quite susceptible to pressure. So it's about how well each trench handles things. That's probably going to dictate how the game goes, really, to be honest. And I trust Mike McDaniel to sort of mitigate for all of that better than Dayball and Kafka because there's a disconnect there. And I don't know, Phil, did you see the tablet throw? On... No. Okay. Straight after um, Daniel Jones throws his interception, goes to the sidelines, there's footage of Brian Dable and he walks up to Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones sat down and yeah. Dable stood by hands him the tablet, which is, you know, a skill, because they only get skills on the sideline, of the inception of where the defender was, he points at the tablet, Daniel Jones looks at it, does this, and then Dable steps back with the tablet and throws it. Yeah. Not at him, but close enough to him that it's patently obvious who he's annoyed at and why. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of like, he did have to point out in the press conference, I wasn't throwing it at Daniel. <laughs> I was just expressing my frustration with the situation. I love that. I mean, it's, you know, a 97-yard pick six is not cool. <laughs> so, it doesn't tend to go down very well. Yeah, I imagine the conversation was, yeah, you see this guy, yeah, this Witherspoon guy, he cornerback. Don't throw the ball at him. He's not okay. in your team. He's not in your He's team. Not on your team. Yeah. Don't do that. Do you know what else he was pointing at? What? He's six foot six tall, tree of a man in the back of the end zone with no one anywhere near him. So you look at where that throw is on all 22. Darren Waller's in the back corner of the end zone doing that. Hello. Excuse me. I'm here. Yeah, right here. I'm right here. Because Weatherspoon's bitten on. Around, I think. Yeah. Should we get some scores on this one? I think I know where we're going with it personally, but uh, um, I think we're all going to try and be hilarious with it. So let's all do it at the same time, I suppose. Uh, Phil, how do you see this one going? Uh, I'm going with a Dolphins win, thirty-five to ten. Okay. James. Uh, Mary Dolphins seventy. Daniel Jones twenty. Daniel Jones twenty. 
I'm going 77. I think, screw it. I think he's going to go and try and beat the record this time. Beat the record this time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's going to go. Send me a message. Yeah. 77 to 10. Yeesh. Uh, next up, the fact I think that's possible, by the way, in, in, with, with zero hyperbole is worrying. Yeah. Next up, we have two teams that are equally floundering at the moment. We have the New Orleans Saints versus the New England Patriots. There's just one-sided games or bad games this week, isn't there? I'm yeah. just going to point that one out. Like, it's if you're going to miss a week, maybe this is the one to miss. Um, they'll all be belters now. Um, <laughs> I don't know where to start with the New Orleans Saints and the Patriots. Should we start with the quarterback that's got an injured arm, like injured like ligaments in his shoulder? which means that apparently he can't throw the ball very well for the New Orleans Saints. But, but he's usually done better than he did in that one. Or are we going to go with Daniel Jones, who got benched with Bailey Zappi, a player that got released in the offseason and then brought back in when they realised they didn't have a backup? You mean Mac Jones, but yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He got benched for Bailey Zappi. Yes, you said Daniel Jones. Did I say Daniel Jones? Oh, that's a Freudian slip, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all right. All the white quarterbacks well, you like. It's fine. Uh, I just said, yeah. It's just another another shade of beige. It's hard. To, I'm just trying to keep up with the Joneses. That's all. Um, but um, ah. it's it's difficult. It's difficult <laughs> when they're all so bland and, and clearly listen to that much Nickelback. Um, but it's I forgot you like Nickelback, don't you? I like Nickelback. They're terrible, Phil. They're terrible. You're saying that because you're you're a snob. Okay, I, I am not a snob. You're a music snob. Not, I, I am. I yeah. guarantee, five <laughs> beers in, someone puts on Rockstar, you're going to sing along. No, I don't know. James, back me up here. I've I've been out with Dan and in places where they put on Rockstar and yeah. we've left. <laughs> we've not left. I just we've went to sing to him. We've, we've gone outside. I mean, that's preferable, isn't it? Taking up smoking. Um, the same as parents hating Limp Biscuit. It's. I see. I'm all right with Limp Biscuit, <laughs> but I can imagine that in you know to psych themselves up, both Mac Jones and Daniel Jones are putting on John Mayer or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's yes, yeah. Listen to something truly bland. They listen to like the 1975. Yeah, there you go. UB40 because oh. they like because they like a bit of reggae. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, after this character assassination, they don't need this on top of everything they've been doing bad. Um, it's just, it's uh, Mac Jones looked awful last week. Absolutely awful. Like, if I say Desmond Ridder probably looked better than he did last week, then, then that should say everything you need to know. There was so much bad quarterback play, and none of it was an expected guy. Zach Wilson played well, and Mac Jones couldn't even muster a decent performance this week. It's up against, yeah, Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints who looked equally bad. These two teams should be better than this. What's going on? And, and why am I even remotely interested in this game? The Saints' biggest problem is the fact that Derek Carr's hurt. Yeah, I, I, I don't know whether it's all that. I, 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 it, it's not going to help. No, absolutely. You're right. <laughs> Derek Carr is a good quarterback, and I'll yeah. stand there and die on that hill. <laughs> he was mistreated in Las Vegas. And some people pay good money for that, Phil. Yes, some <laughs> yes they do. Um, but I, oh, this Saints offense doesn't look great. It, I, I'm not sure what the dysfunction is exactly. 
James can probably give you some X's and O's as to why it's quite so dysfunctional. But from what I can tell is they don't have Alvin Kamara, so the running game's not great. He came. He was back last week. There is, was he? Yeah. Oh. 13 receptions. <laughs> they are that bland. That Alvin Kamara comes back in, takes control of a game, and no one notices. Nobody noticed. Alvin Kamara was criticizing the game plan at the end of it, saying they need to do better. This is a guy who caught the ball 13 times, and he was there just going, oh, it's not good enough, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, outside of him, they also don't have much of a receiving threat, right? I mean, they're not really getting the best out of Chris Alave. Nope. Michael Thomas is back, but it's made literally no difference. He's good that first week. Yeah, one week. Yeah, yeah. cool. He hasn't, I've seen nothing from him since. No. And I don't know who else they have in their receiving room, to be honest with you. And it just, it, yeah, everything seems just wrong with their offense. Their defense has been pretty good. They're limiting teams. They're not giving up a lot of points. They just can't put any points on the board. Hmm. Now that Derek Carr's basically got a broken arm that he's trying to throw it with. Because it's a better option than Jameis, who will just throw to the other team. Yeah. That's what it's going to come down to. No. I mean, they're missing the obvious choice here. They need, they've got a guy just waiting in the wings to play quarterback. But he's currently listed on the depth chart as a tight end. Get Taysom Hill in there. <laughs> Let's run the ball 40 times in a game. Um, <laughs> it's coming. And they're going to do anything else, but obviously it will be just run the ball. Um, They've got serious problems. So Derek Carr's injured, and then on top of which, uh, Cesar Ruiz and Andres Pete. And Andres Pete came in as a backup, I think, in the first place anyway, are both out. This offensive line that was once a strength for the New Orleans Saints is now distinctly a weakness. Trevor Penning's not hit the ground running at all. Ryan Ramchick's not the same player he used to be. And then it looks like they're down to Max Garcia and James Hurst in this one, which is not ideal. The Saints' offensive line's bad. Derek Carr's banged up, and they just don't have time to make let plays play out anymore. Saints' offense is bad with Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, and Alvin Kamara on it. So the injury hmm. um, forced them to be very condensed offensively. Alvin Kamara had 13 receptions, but those 13 receptions generated 30 yards. Yeah. So, um, and Derek Carr's average depth of target last week was oh, 7.4, which yeah. sounds sounds all right, but that's inflated by Yak. Yeah. He, he objectively, I mean, he finished with 3.4 yards per attempt, which is objectively bad didn't he didn't most of his, weren't most of his air yards behind the line of scrimmage um yes and um statistically when you look at alvin kamara there are aspects of the field where um he accumulates minus yards hmm. because he's catching the ball behind the line of scrimmage and being tackled almost immediately yeah um so they were trying to do a very condensed passing game. Now, obviously, Eric Carr is more trust, and I quote, trustworthy um, and accurate and less prone to brain fast than James Winston. But there comes a point where you have to trade that off 
but asking yourself, wouldn't I rather just have somebody who could push the ball downfield? Yeah. Because once you can do that, it at least means that you're not operating so horizontally and in such a condensed way. You don't want to force your offense to have to run 15 play drives. If you can do that over and over, that's amazing. You're, you're obviously very well controlled with the offense, mm. but there's no offense to do that. Eventually, you have to get chunk plays because you know you need to be able to threaten the defense downfield. That's how you create space underneath anyway. That's how you do it. So for me until Derek Carr is right the clear choice is James Winston mm. I think give it a go at least I know I sound I, I sound like I'm on drugs but that's my opinion <laughs> I agree I, I'm with you 100% with you I, and on the other side of the ball the New England Patriots offense has been bad and I think it's mostly Mac Jones but also I mean who's he throwing to Devontae Parker Kendrick Bourne Juju Smith-Schuster this is not the lineup that you want uh, uh, Mac Jones throwing to. Um, what I would say is, if uh, he's given the nod, then I think uh, over Bailey Zappi, which I think he probably will be, he's probably mm-hmm. got one more game to get right. I don't know whether you guys agree with me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I... He's not there's not enough flashes of outstanding talent from Mac Jones to justify him always getting the nod. That's the thing is he's not that much better than Bailey Zappi that his continued bad play will keep him in the starting lineup. He doesn't do anything spectacularly well that you're just like, you see, it's there. It's there. If we can just get out of him now, it's very much like he's good, but He's clearly not playing very well. Mm. There needs to be a serious conversation in the off-season about who is making the decisions in terms of players they are picking up. Because Belichick hasn't been it for a while now. No. Like, at some point, you've got to just go into the room with Bill and just say, look, I want you to concentrate on the X's and O's. I don't want you to concentrate on the players. By all means, consult with the guy. Even pick the guy that's going to be picking the players. But it can't be you anymore. Because the offense is just toothless. Just absolutely toothless. I mean, even look at how much they spent on tight ends. Mike Gazicki, Hunter Henry. And this is without Johnny Smith, who they picked up last year, or a couple of years ago and dropped last year. So there's just nothing there on offense for them to saddle up to and they struggling as good defenses which they're going up against this week the saints defense has generally been pretty good Mm. as long as they're not trying to rugby tackle people like while the ball's in the air then generally they've been pretty good anyway i think marshall and latimore probably will be a bit calmer in this one because he's not playing mike evans so so that that would be something it's less personal yeah absolutely what do you reckon then guys where we going with this one I've gone with a Pats win. Yeah. I don't feel good about that, but I've gone with a Pats win. Uh, 17 to 15. Oof. Wow. Yeah, it's not going to be pretty. I don't know. <laughs> James? Uh, I mean, I genuinely think it depends on which quarterback the Saints start. 
Mm-hmm. And again, I sound like I'm on heroin, but I think that James Winston at this point would give them the best chance of winning. Um, I I think this is going to be ugly. This game's going to be ugly, 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 and low scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, Car is meant to be playing. Um, yeah. Quick thing on Mac Jones, right? If you want your quarterback to be like, like an acceptable average starter level quarterback, his statistical measures when he's kept clean need to be good. Mm-hmm. His touchdown to interception ratio when he's not under pressure. Yeah. Four touchdowns, three picks. That's not good. No. You you expect, you know, that to be the stat line of someone under pressure. He's not good clean, let alone under pressure where it's falling apart for him at the moment. But anyway, um, I digress. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really low-scoring game. Um, I do think the Saints will have just enough. Yeah. Just. I think they've got too much that on offense. Board. Like, outside of the quarterback, I think they've got too much. I'm going to go Saints as well. Low-scoring again, though. I'm going to go 14-10. How about you, James? Nine six. Wow, love that one. Hope to never watch it. Next up, Ravens Steelers. I'm assuming that the Steelers are back to. I mean, their true starter, Mitch Trubisky. The biscuit, I think, is back, (laughs) and he's up against Lamar Jackson against a, a very beaten up Ravens team. Steelers defense has still been reasonably solid, but I mean, since the opening week maybe opening two games, they've looked very disappointing. The Steelers team is poor and the offense cannot do anything. If it comes to a shootout, I can only see this game going one way. And if I'm honest, I can only see it going one way anyway. Ravens, Steelers, James. Can you hear me? Well, I think Pickett's... He's playing. Is he not? Is he actually playing? uh, So far, that's Mm. what I can see from here. Interesting. He's, he's meant to be playing. He's, he's not out. He's not out yet, which is concerning for me. I think I think Pickett is he's having some real problems seeing the field. Yeah. He's, I think he's it, it, Matt Canada is the source of this problem. But yeah. I yeah, I don't think Kenny Pickett is as bad as he's been made to look. Hmm. But there's no linear improvement in him in a vacuum either. No. But that also potentially falls at Matt Canada's door, but at the same time you would still you would hope to have at least seen the second half of the season Kenny Pickett this year. But we haven't even seen that. No. What we've seen is a, is a player that isn't seeing clearly isn't dealing with pressure. His offensive line is actually bad. Yeah. Um, his receivers are not performing and the offense is frustratingly milk toast and dull. And they are they have for whatever reason chosen not to have Pat Fryer be a main pillar of this offense from, from week one like they were down the stretch last year. He was literally the sustaining element of that offense when Pickett was in trouble. So why has that not continued? And they're going up against a defense that historically always overperforms and a team that is very well coached with an offense that is well it's better than the Greg Roman iteration, but there are some problems now. Yeah. With wide receivers not being healthy. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this is a problem. I think the Steelers are predictable, to say the least. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a problem. And that rests solely on Matt Canada. Um, but as you say, I don't really think Pickett's played well enough. I think it should be all changed at the end of the season in terms of the offence. Potentially looking elsewhere at court. If you want a picture, yeah. if you want just one example of how um, predictable Steelers are, hmm. watch how many times they run motion before a snap. Yeah. And of those times, how many times they actually throw the ball? More often than not, actually, to improve the numbers game in the box so you can run the ball. You very rarely use motion in the passing game. Hmm. It is predictable. It's almost like like an 80% thing where you can play that tendency. And that's why defences are so good at diagnosing what's about to happen in terms of whether it is a run on the part or a pass. Hmm. It, it, whether it's just Matt Callender not, not, not having the vision or whether it is him not trusting his quarterback to be able to handle motion in the passing game, whatever, I don't know. Maybe I, I can't really tell. But no. I can't, I can't believe it's not better. No. I think it is lack of vision. Like, he, he's, he's applying motion when he doesn't need to apply it as well. Like, it's just for the sake of it. He, it's like he's read a manual on how to be an offensive play caller over like three years and then trying to fluff the rest, the other bits that he's forgotten since then because he believes he's got to do it. And then by the time he's got to the third part, he's doing completely unnecessary things that just don't equate to a functioning offense at all. No. And he doesn't have Lamar Jackson to bail him out either. Like no, the Ravens do. Yeah, see, this is this is this was going to be my point. Is that it was all very well us saying, "Oh, the Ravens are beaten up; they they haven't got any players." That's their lives every season. Yeah, and they're just they're the same players they got every year. Yeah, exactly. They're just used to playing with no players, so they're being like, "Oh, we got loads of injuries." Yeah, okay, cool. It's fine. This this is how we play every year. We're used to this now. Yeah, so they're just going to get better at it. <laughs> this is this is just how we practice. We practice having no players on the field. It's great. Um, so, Steers, Steers pass rush gave a big one in this one. That's the one thing I will say. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah, the Ravens are going to struggle to score, but the Steelers can almost not score. Yeah. Because they don't have they don't have Lamar Jackson who can just pull off like one or two pieces of magic to pull them out of it. Yeah, agreed. And at least Lamar Jackson can throw to Mark Andrews and know he's always there. Whereas there are good receivers in Pittsburgh, but they're not. They and the QB and the offensive, anything, none of that is clicking. Alan Robinson had about two games of Matt Stafford, which was the only decent quarterback that's thrown in the ball ever, I think, still. It's just bonkers. You had like two games of Matt Stafford. And then I can't remember who it was. There was there was a joke. There's a joke about that. There someone, I think someone said um, what someone needs to do is they need to re-record Alan Billy Joel's "We Didn't Start the Fight," I and mean, it needs to be a list of all the quarterbacks that have thrown to Alan Robinson. And it, it was, was me. You, wasn't he it? said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's... I think 
So I think that's absolutely genius. Because like he had Heineke was his college quarterback, right? Not Heineke. No, it was Christian uh, Hackenberg. Hackenberg. That's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh. not good. Stronger. Blake Bortles. Yeah. Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. Again. <laughs> Matt Stafford. Baker Mayfield, but not great Baker Mayfield. Um, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Uh, Steelers are going to lose this one. I think. I think that the Ravens are going to win this one. I think we could see a big Lamar Jackson game and a big game from their defense as well. They always show up for the Steelers game. So, uh, I'm going to go for Ravens winning this one, twenty-one to ten. Phil, uh, I've gone for Ravens win as well, nineteen to twelve. James. The worst thing is the Steelers' defense is also not very good right now, mm. um, and and Zay Flowers is um, forcing missed tackles at a rate that is quite impressive. Yeah. Um, he's a great little weapon. I think Baltimore are going to win this one quite handily, actually, twenty-four-seven. Yeah. Next up, a game that should have been one-sided. It might still be. In the other direction, huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals take on the Arizona Cardinals, and I haven't seen the betting line, but there, I think there is distinctly a possibility that Cardinals might be the favourites in this one. Bengals look woeful, and it's not just Burrow. That's not just Burrow that's the problem. The offensive line's been bad. Again, they're back to having a poor offensive line, and the yeah. defence hasn't really been that great either so far this season. Oh. This is a bad Bengals team, and they're up against a Cardinals team they're smelling blood in the water a little bit. They're putting points up against teams they shouldn't be putting points up against. And Josh Dobbs finally has his jersey in the team shop, and he's ready to go. This Arizona Cardinals team is feisty, and I love them. I'm kind of in love with this Cardinals team. They shouldn't be this good. They're causing problems. You know the owners are sitting there going, what are you doing? Stop winning these games. What are you doing? And they just keep winning that one game they've won. But it's still every game they're in it. They look, it's a team yeah. full of people that want to win games. And I it's, think yeah. they're going to cause the Bengals some problems this week. This is it a is bad a, time to play the cards. This is this is a crew of guys that want desperately to not be the worst team in the league. Yeah. Everybody was saying it coming in, and you genuinely get the feeling that this group of players and the coaches actually don't care what you think. Historically, that's what they were described as. Yeah, they they don't care about that. They were going to come in and work their asses off and make you eat those words. Even yeah. if they don't win that many games, they're going to make your life miserable. Yeah. That is all they are thinking of. You can see it in their faces. They just want you to, to hate yourselves come the end of the game. It's, it's a great thing to watch. I did not expect this Cars team to have this kind of spirit. They were genuinely just going to be a turd floating. Here's, here's their primary weapons, okay? Zach Ertz, okay. James Connor playing really well. Marquise Brown, playing best football I've seen him play in a long time. It's not up against much. But um, Michael Wilson, mm. excellent. Playing really, really good football. Rondale Moore, playing really good football. Yep. Like, something's happened... That a bunch of players that have not played this well in a very long time are now playing this well. And I think Jonathan Gannon deserves a ton of credit for it. The offensive line's playing well. Josh Dobbs is playing better than probably about at least six, seven starters in the league. 
Yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah, they are playing out of their skins hmm. and out of their minds. And they are playing themselves out of Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can just see like a team like the Ravens who lose you to receive, I think, looking at Rondell Moore and being like Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know, any team that sort of like feels like maybe they could make a run at the playoffs and there's Duke Bolton looking at some of the receivers or even some of the defensive defensive players, because it's not like it's just been the offense that have been playing outstanding football. The defense have been really, really good as well. Yeah. And you can just see like some of the sort of teams that are on that bubble just sort of looking going, we could give up a couple of picks here or there. I agree. Get these guys out of there. And you know Arizona want them because they want those picks because they want to rebuild. I don't know what they're going to do with Kyler. No idea. But let, let me put it this way about Kyler, right? I was so annoyed that Josh Dobbs's jersey wasn't in the team shop, and the most of the reason was because I just assumed he was just their starter because I'd forgotten about Kyler Murray, and it, it was only like yeah. during the week that I was like, "Oh, Kyler Murray's actually Kyle their Murray. starter." <laughs> Kyler Murray's a thing still. Yeah, I'd forgotten about him. Yeah. They might bring him back because he might play worse than Josh Dobbs. Maybe Kyler was the problem. He wasn't. He was quite good. That seems a bit fair. I did almost convince myself of that then for a second. But yeah. James, is it possible they'll beat the Bengals this week? Um, It's entirely possible. Um, I'm very annoyed with the Bengals. Yeah. Because if they had realised how bad the calf was, yeah, they could have just not played him for the first two games. One hundred percent agree. The the problem yeah. is now that they are four weeks into the season, and on throws more than twenty yards down the field, Joe Burrow has ten pass attempts, mm. which is a very small amount for Joe Burrow through four games. And he has one completion of more than 20 yards downfield. One. Which is, that's not Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is all about, you know, the the, the back shoulder hmm. um, slot fade or the back shoulder, um, back shoulder nine to insert name of tall wide receiver here, you know. And, yeah. and that is completely removed from his game because of the pressure he's under, because of the confidence he has in that car, because of his lack of mobility, because of the fact that they can't sustain a running game, and because they can't sustain offense, mm-hmm. the defense is playing more snaps. It's not able to be as effective. It, it all literally seems to be that this whole thing has unraveled because they can't have a sustaining offense because their quarterback is literally, well, not literally, not hamstrung, but he's like calf strong. Mm. So... <laughs> So it, it's just, again, it's like the Bills. The Bills are a flawed premise because they only have one wide receiver. The Bengals are a flawed premise because obviously Joe Burrow does so much more significant heavy lifting than we even realised. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Mm. Couldn't agree more. This this Bengals team is, as you say, flawed. It goes with Joe, and Joe's not going. So, yeah. If you... Mm. He's not. I think you guys pointed this out earlier in the week. He's not one of these guys who can just flick his wrist and launch it hundreds of yards down the field. He needs to be set and plant. Which, if your calf's hurting, that's basically impossible. 
also the the offensive line's playing worse than last year as well. Yeah, which means he can't set anyway because yeah. he's constantly having a run as he's throwing, which is yeah. again is not what his skill set is. He's not terrible at it, but it's not his strength. Even Jamal Chase is having a bit of a dig now. No. Saying he's he's saying he's open. I'm open. That's yeah. not good. Those two are best friends. I'm just yeah. saying, and I made this joke in the previous part as well, but I'm going to make it again. Wouldn't have that. They'd have solved a lot of problems if they had Penny Seal on this team. <laughs> yeah. I'm just winding you guys up, Bengals fans. No, no. I mean, Penny Seal might have stopped Aaron Donald from making that sack in the Super Bowl, and then the Bengals may have won. Also, they wouldn't have had Jamar Chase, which would have been a big problem. <laughs> that would have so, been yeah. <laughs> So, you know. That being said, Penicil's caught a few passes six. now. <laughs> His thing, it makes, once again, we are, we are three years on and it makes little to no difference as to whether, which one was which, and it doesn't really matter too much. No, he's just... only one offensive lineman and he's not, <laughs> it's not like one offensive line fixes yeah. the Bengals' offensive line. I am mostly joking, although he would look good on this team. Um, Let's get some scores then, because I'm curious. I'm war- I think it might be a sweep, but I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Sh- shall, I, shall I start? Mm. Cardinals are going to win this game. 21-17. Here was me thinking I was going to get a ruse. Nah, man. <laughs> I've gone for a Cards win 13-10. There is every chance, though, that this is the game where the Bengals turn it around. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. We're going to look very silly. Oh yeah, hundred percent. This is Washington think, City potentially. I don't think so because at least it's nice to root for the Cards, whereas I think feel like rooting for the Commanders somehow just feels. <laughs> it, it makes you feel a little bit unclean, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I know he's gone, but smells probably still in the building. Uh, James, where you going? I'm. I'm, I'm can't quite bring myself to pick cards. No. At some point, at some point, Joe Burrow's going to figure it out. Yeah, I agree. It, it might be this week. So I'm going to go Bengals 27, um, Cardinals 24 in overtime. Ooh, love it. I hope that happens. Eagles-Rams next. Philadelphia Eagles have been predictably decent. <sighs> So far this season, I think they've had a couple of flaws, but they're still four and zero. So they do this yeah. every year, don't they? Going well, they're not playing that well, and it's like they've still not lost any games. They're playing well enough, is the point. Jalen Carter is unstoppable, and he's made so many people look stupid for not picking him up because he turned up a bit chubby to his open prison pro day. Um, the Rams, however, there was also the vehicular manslaughter thing. That was the, <laughs> yeah, the off field stuff. Was, yeah, that's true. There was that as well. Yes. <laughs> That was, there was, there was that as well. Yeah. Okay, maybe not stupid. Um, but um, the Rams, the Rams have looked better than expected as well. Um, Sean McVay is doing a hell of a job. He, he's he's up there as my coach of the year as well with what he's managing to do with a Rams team full of players that we all have to look up at this before the season started because we didn't know who they were. Puka Nakua, the best receiver in the league. The greatest football player of all time based yeah. on 
current stats. Had yeah. to run back into the locker room to get the game ball because he was out there still like doing interviews and celebrating whilst Sean McVeigh was doing the uh, handing out the game ball. Just literally waltzed into the room to grab the game ball. It was amazing. He's, Me, right? Yeah, I yeah. won the game. Cool. Is Cooper Cup back this week as well? Did I imagine that? I'm looking it up now. I'm looking it up. I right think. Now. I think he's practicing. Yeah. Because if Cooper Cup's back, that makes this game a little more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Let's have a look. Cooper Cup. As much as about Cooper Cup is a different breed. Just watch the drill of both. He says, looks healthy. He said when Cup was gearing up for that first game before he went on IR, we were telling him he could tell that something was a little bit off. And from the vantage point, it looks like he feels really good. I reckon he might play. It's primed to make his 2023 season debut this Sunday in SoFi Stadium. So nine hours ago, um, Sean McVay was quoted as saying that Cooper Cup was not limited in any way in practice. Hmm. And as predicted at the start of the season, oh. the Rams now have like one of the premium, we Cooper Cup back premium uh, wide receiving duos in Puka Nakua and, um, and Cooper Cup. <laughs> I think we all saw that one coming. Um, yeah, it's thing we saw coming. Yeah. I think the Eagles are still just a bit too good, though. Yes. Yes, like, I do. Yeah. I, think, I think the Eagles, yeah, they're better across the board. Yeah. Where, you know, the Rams have clearly got talent in certain places. They've got hmm. Matt Stafford, who's healthy, yeah. which is always good because whilst he's not a Hall of Fame level quarterback, no, he's, he's really all not. very good. Yes, he is. Okay. If he if he dragged the line um, to the Super Bowl, we could maybe talk about the Hall of Fame, but he did not. So therefore, no. Yeah. Him, Mark Brunel, Matt Ryan, Philip yeah. Rivers, Vinny Testaverde. Yep, Vinny yeah. Testaverde. Yeah, they're very good. Go. They are not Hall of Fame quarterbacks. No. Sorry. Um. Yeah, the, the Rams' talent is more spotty, whereas the Eagles is obviously very consistent across the lineup. Yeah, in literally every spot they have talent. Yeah, you've got the best offensive line in the league. You've got one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You've got one of the best receiving duos in the league. You've got a great tight end. You've got great defensive players across the board. The, the, there is no end to the Eagles' talent. There's no place where they're weakened. Really, yeah. the passing hasn't been great, but it doesn't really matter because their offensive line is going to batter you down. DeAndre Strift is going to run <laughs> for two hundred yards, or if it's a really short yardage one, they're just going to touch push, and Jalen Hurts is just going to walk through and get a touchdown. They're just—they're not like playing like a juggernaut. They're not blowing teams out every game. They're just sort of grinding you down. Yeah. Like a steamroller, just slowly, just yeah. No, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. You're just going to get squished now. I'm so sorry. Excuse me. Yeah, squished. It does tend to be these kind of teams as well. They consistently do well. And well, they're not playing that well. Yes, playing well enough. Winning. Yeah, yeah. It does, yeah. If you're playing badly and winning, or playing not great and winning, that's yeah. generally the sign that you're a good team. Yeah, agreed. 
I think the Rams could put up a bit of a fight in this one. I really yes. do. Yes, I, I don't think this is going to be an easy game for the Eagles. I have faith that they can win it, but yeah, I think the Rams. The Rams have looked very. They've just looked. They've looked feisty. They've looked. They're well organized because McVay's a very, very good mm. coach at organizing the offense and coming up with schemes. So that is clearly working. He know he can see what he's got. Yeah, talent wise in the receiving room and work around that, which I think is maybe why we overlooked them somewhat. It's just like, well, they've got nobody. Everybody's injured and gone. But you know he's he's managed to find a way to make this group work. Yeah. So they're definitely not going to make it easy for the Eagles, but I don't know if they can beat the Eagles. It would be for me if they can. That would put Sean McVay as number one for my head coach of the year. They can do that. So just think about that, Sean. If you can manage that, it's clear sailing, pretty much, buddy. Go get it. All right, you go get it, buddy. You go get it. Uh, let's get some scores. James, where are you going with this one? Um, oh, just a very quick shout out to Jalen Carter, who um, has on 34 fewer snaps than Aaron, pass rush snaps than Aaron Donald, has got two fewer pressures. He has 20 pressures on 104 snaps, mm-hmm. pass rush snaps. 20% of his pass rush snaps result in pressure, which is a similar rate that Aaron Donald operates at. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they're both at, th- at or above 30% pass rush win rate as well, which is elite. Um, so, so, so this is not going to be fun for those guards and centers. Mm. They are not going to enjoy this week. Neither, neither side of the ball. Um, I am going to err on the side of caution because I do think the Eagles just have far too much talent on both sides of the ball, particularly where it gets ugly, nasty, and physical in the trenches. Yeah, agreed. Phil, uh, yeah, I'm going with an Eagles win. Uh, 20 to 17. You got a score, James? Sorry, I forgot to ask. Um, I've got Eagles 34, Rams 31. Oof, I want oh. that game 24 21 to the Eagles for me as well. So, yeah. Next up, is it time for Zach Wilson to look truly elite? Is it time for him to go 16 of 16 in just the first half alone against the Denver Broncos defense that's just not good we've got a wilson off guys we've got a wilson off zach versus russell let's ride versus ride your mu- no, i'm not going to go there um <laughs> okay just... we've got <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> jet's defense playing really good football uh, they put up a hell of a fight against the Kansas City Chiefs last week, yes, and the Broncos mounted an exceptional comeback against the Hercule, the 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 league leading Chicago Bears last week, which has got to count for something, I suppose. Um, defense, I thought, played pretty well in the second half. Finally, got scripts with what Justin Fields was trying to do. Stopped playing man coverage. Started playing zone, understanding Justin Fields can't read zone for crap, and like um, were able to put them away through finding but by doing something we generally give teams credit for which is adapting to what's going on in the game the broncos could take advantage of a jets team that doesn't have aaron rogers and he said donald there 
James they don't Hayes, have Aaron Donald yeah. either. They don't have Aaron Donald either. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's not there either. Yeah, he's not playing for this team. Um, James, how are you feeling about this one? I hope it is a purple for Zach Wilson to, 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 to improve, but mm. I doubt it. Um, I think, you know, there was some luck involved there, but oh, yeah. he, he played well. But he has had the odd game where he's played well before, and we, we thought this, and we've been very wrong the next week. Yeah. Um, but uh, the stars are aligning for him to be able to have the best possible game because this defense is still bad. Yeah. I mean, okay, we might manage to, we managed to adjust and stop the might of the 2023 Chicago Bears <laughs> two, and a half, two and a half quarters to do it. Yeah. Okay, and we made it was about as of confidence as it looked like Aaron freaking Rogers three three quarters. Yeah. Um, and we Nick Benito that stopped it from, from you know really got the ball back and did yeah. anything. But my problem that you, you can see yourself on TV, but it relies on so many others as well. It relies on Denver's on being mm. coherent and cohesive. And while it is better than it was last year, yeah. I have never seen a group of receivers with so much physical talent and ability underperform to such a yeah. Never seen it. I've also never seen a head coach who's supposed to be an offensive genius overlook someone who is obviously in need of more touches more than Marvin Mips. Yeah. What gives? He's like electric with the ball in his hands. But yeah. Well Jordan Humphrey's got more targets. You know? Yeah. I don't understand. And the other issue we've got is Javante Williams is currently questionable at the moment. I still don't think he's the same player since coming back from the knee injury. He looks very different. Yeah. And um, I think Jaleel McLaughlin is actually absolutely the way forward for that running game. But there's so much of that offense that still doesn't just, it, it's not smooth. It's not consistent down to down, drive to drive. And, and you yeah. know, we couldn't get anything moving for a while against a, a, def- a Bears defense that's basically some dudes. Yeah, some dudes. It's, it's one of the worst Bears defenses I remember, and they, they, um, yeah, they kind of let yeah. them have the run of it for a while. <sighs> I mean, I mean, I, I don't know where this one's going to go. Uh, Phil, what about you? This is. Mm, I don't want to watch this. That, yeah. I don't. This is, I mean, the Jet, Zach Wilson played much better last week. Yeah. I don't know if that was an aberration. Because thus far, he's not proved in any way that that's a consistent thing he can do. Um, But against this Broncos team, who knows? He could play terribly and they'd still end up playing, winning. I, I, the Broncos got lucky because they got to play the Bears last week. Sorry, Dan. No, don't be. It's true. <laughs> mm. Yeah, the, the, the problem right. is that the Jets' defense is still just incredibly talented. That yeah. the Broncos have going to almost struggle to get any points on the board, whereas at yeah. least 
Zach Wilson can at least get something going. Yeah. Against this this defense, because the Broncos defense hasn't been great. It should be better than it is, but it hasn't been great. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm inclined to think the Jets have got enough here to 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 get a win over the Broncos. I agree. I don't think it's going to look pretty. No, I also agree. I'm going to go for a Jets win as well. Uh, Jets winning. Oh my god, ten seven. Did you look at my phone to get that? No. Is that, uh, is that what you're going to well? Yeah. <laughs> 10-7 to the Jets as well. Yep. James? It's that Jets interior pass rush. So yeah. I'm going to go Jets 9, Broncos 3. <laughs> you had to low ball us there, didn't you? Um, <laughs> yeah. Overtime. Overtime. Next up. Oh, no, no, no. Not in overtime. <laughs> A game-winning, a game-winning fumble six. Oh. No, a game-winning kick six. Oh, it's horrible. Next up, we have the Kansas City Chiefs, who love it when teams send the blitz against a Vikings team that loves to send the blitz. I don't think we should spend too long on this one. I'm just going to point that one out. This Vikings team has blitzed more than any other team in the league at the moment. The Kansas City Chiefs just love it when teams blitz them. They are masters at getting out of that situation. So I'm not confident for the Minnesota Vikings. So I think have oh. just generally carried on from where they left off last season, which is being just good enough to sneak past the odd bad team. Yeah. The Chiefs aren't that. The Chiefs looked average against the Jets last week. I would imagine Taylor's probably not traveling to Minnesota this week. Who knows? Um, also, Travis should be fearful that maybe she'll end up falling in love with the gorgeous stud muffin that is Kirk Cousins anyway. So uh, she doesn't want that happening. Um, she'd like that. Um, but, um, I mean, I can only see this game going one way. Justin Jefferson's still playing out of his skin. Just just an unbelievable talent. And while we're at it, Jordan Addison's playing very, very well as well. Kirk Cousins is doing enough to take them past teams like the Panthers. And to lose one-score games against teams like the Chargers, who are so desperate to lose that it's a miracle they even managed it. Chiefs probably looking to get back on track. No Taylor in the building, most likely. As a result, means it's not Patrick Mahomes desperately trying to find Travis Kelsey so that they can, he can win him a date with the prom queen. Like, it's just <laughs> the NFL prom queen, that is, the king and queen of the NFL at the moment, which is Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, I know, gotcha. Uh, I mean, uh, anyone see a way the Vikings can, can take this one? No. No, this is karma for last year where they won all those one-score games that they had no right winning yeah. and ended up with a 14-3 and three record. Yeah, Nonsense. I agree. They were never a 14-win team. They look identical to last year. Yeah, they look exactly the same. They're just not winning those yeah. games. Basically, yeah. That's what <laughs> it boils down The to. universe balancing out. Yeah. And this is going to be a game they lose because the Chiefs are much, much better. I've got, I've got nothing against that. No, I think that's exactly it. Also... Pacheco is is running harder than pretty much anyone in the league at the moment. Yes. He looks amazing. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of love him. So yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, this Vikings. I, I said it from the start before the start of the season. That I, I have no confidence in the Vikings defense at all. Their offense is fine. Their offense will probably get you some points on the board, but they're going to give up 30, 30 plus each time, yeah, each think, and every time. I think the plus is relevant in this one. So yeah, uh, James, what do you reckon? Um, if the Vikings blitz 41, 46 passing snaps, this is going to be very ugly. It's going to be very um, I think it will be any. I think it yeah. will be anyway. I just the Chiefs matchup. The matchup is really horrible for the Vikings. And, yeah, I agree. Um, on both sides of the ball, in both trenches, and Alexander Madison is not it. No. <sighs> not it. Missing Dalvin Cook a bit, I think. <clears throat> yeah, but Dalvin Cook is now. Cooked. Yeah, that's true. They're missing what Dalvin Cook used to look like, I think. Yeah. And they've never they haven't got really around to replacing that. So no. uh let's get some scores for this one then. Chiefs winning yep. forty eight to twenty for me is what I've got. Get good game for the Chiefs. James? Chiefs thirty seven seven. Nice. Phil? Uh, Chiefs win thirty to twenty-three. Vikings maybe picking up a late touchdown or two. We got two games left. Let's let's end on the good one, shall we? Let's talk Packers Raiders first. Oof. Is Jimmy Garoppolo back at least in this one? <laughs> Not Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, Packers yeah, Raiders. No, yeah. You do me. Yes, yeah. you do me, Jimmy. Okay. For a second, he was so bland that I forgot his name and what he did. The only reason, and I saw a great video on for Swifties getting into the NFL, trying to explain who's who. So like, this is Travis Kelsey. He's a tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. Sometimes he catches the ball, but when he's not catching the ball, he's blocking plays. This is Patrick Mahomes. He throws Travis Kelsey touchdown passes. And this is Andy Reid. He calls in the plays for Patrick Mahomes. And then for no reason whatsoever, it goes, and this is Jimmy Garoppolo. He's bad at football, but I thought I'd show you him anyway. The handsome sod that he is. Yep. Yeah. That is that is entirely, entirely accurate. He is a very handsome man. But we learned the three most important people on the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Raiders quarterback. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Yeah, to be fair, right. he's gorgeous. So you know, I get it. Yeah. Um, Packers have been distinctly average since a hot start against Chicago Bears. Admittedly, yeah. Chicago Bears are bad, so that kind of makes sense. Narrowly beat the Saints. Um, no, lost to the Saints, didn't they, in the end? They lost to the Saints. Yeah. Falcons. Yeah, and the Packers are returning relatively to full strength. David Bakhtiari being out for the season. I think Elton Jenkins is out for the season as well. That's not good when Max Crosby's playing as well as he has been this season as well. However... Shortly behind Max Crosby in terms of pass rushes at the moment is Rashawn Gary, who's playing outstanding football this season. And I think he's due to get a bit better as well. I think, I don't know who's starting for the Raiders this week at quarterback, but I don't really care. I don't matter. think they've got what it takes to get past. It doesn't matter. Their offense is yeah. awful. Their offense is woeful. Yeah. Their defense isn't great. Their defense is literally Max Crosby. Mm running at the quarterback yeah. repeatedly. And that'll work a few times because he's very, very good at it. Oh, he's exceptional, yeah. But it's not enough. 
it, it's just not enough. And then their offense is playing so woefully that it, it it doesn't make any difference because they can't put enough points on the board to beat anybody. Yeah. You know, you've got all this receiving talent and yet you have no way of actually utilizing it. You've got Adams, you've got Renfro, you've got Cody Myers, you've got all this talent and you can do nothing with it. It's almost like Josh McDaniels isn't a very good talent evaluator when it comes to quarterback. And he's been riding on the fact that Tom Brady was the guy he was kind of in charge of for the longest period of time. Yeah. Yeah, you were in charge, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeesh. Anything to add, James? No, and I mean, as far as I can tell, Garoppolo's still in concussion protocol. Was that, sorry? Is he still in concussion protocol? He's still in protocol, yeah. Okay. So, um, O'Connell. Yeah. Packers then. Packers are going to win this one. Yep. Uh, By a lot. No. no. Yeah. Packers all round? Yeah. Packers 14. Yeah. All right. Cool. Next up, game of the week. The one good game this week. It's taken us this long. We've got to with a good game. We've got a classic rivalry for for no reason apart from the fact that we're both good at the same time, I suppose. I feel like we should have got but, cited in for this one. Oh, I, I, I do feel like that, but I think, let's be honest, he'd be unbearable. Niners are 4-0 against the 3-1 Dallas Cowboys true, team. Yeah. We don't want to. We don't need him when the Niners are 4-0. Basically, yeah. Be, yeah. <laughs> Cowboys lost a strange game a couple of weeks ago, but we're very much back to form against the New England Patriots last week. The San Francisco 49ers are running the ball like crazy with Christian McCaffrey, who I think is putting his name in the hat for MVP status so far this season. He's looked excellent. Mm-hmm. Niners defense is playing well. Offense is rolling. Cowboys defense is playing well. And whatever. What? Whatever Mike McCarthy is doing, <laughs> it's work working. It's working. Damn it. That felt so horrible to say. It's working. I see that. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, spit that out. It's okay. Ugh. It's all right. It's, it's, the the Cowboys defense looked insane against the Patriots. It's it unstoppable. It looked it was like it, it was a wrecking ball coming through with just oh it was that was brutal. Absolutely brutal. Um now, they won't have as much success going through this mm. Niners offensive line because it's actually good. Yep. But they're going to make it a very fun game. I mean, yeah. both ways. I think, I think, you know, the weakest sort of out of the four main units is probably the Cowboys offense. Yeah. But it's not like the Cowboys offense is terrible. That's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. It, 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 the Cowboys have got the better QB, but. I think the Niners have got the better overall offense. God, we're going to get letters for that one. Cowboys got the better QB. Yes, Dak Prescott is better than Brock Purdy. That's I think you'll find I have Shut four up. different Take the away. Take the Purdy faith. jerseys, and I have zero Dak Prescott jerseys. Therefore, Brock Purdy is the better quarterback. I have five Marino jerseys. I have four Steve Young jerseys. And Brock Purdy is the best quarterback I have seen since Steve Young. 
Yours sincerely, Simon. Yeah, right. I love you, Simon. I'm just playing. If you're listening, we genuinely do love you. We missed you. Come back on. Um, I, I, I think, yeah, the weak point here is the Cowboys' offense. And it's not that yeah. weak. It's just no, the Niners' offense is rolling. The Niners' defense is rolling. And the Cowboys' defense is rolling. This is going to be low scoring, but the Niners are going to win it just, I think. Mm. That's where yeah, I'm, it's, I'm thinking a single score game win yeah. for the Niners, yeah. James? Anything to add? Ooh. Do it, James. Do it. There's a couple of things I just can't really get over with this one. Yeah. So, actually, the Niners offensive line hasn't been that great on the interior. More pressure on the interior than than this probably helps them. And I trust the Cowboys' offensive line a bit more, mm. should we say. Um, I also think that the way that um, the Cowboys' secondary matches up, even without Trevon Diggs, mm. is, is it's an interesting proposition when you match up the, the Niners' offense versus the Cowboys' defense. If the Cowboys' defense can generate pressure at a rate I think they can against this offensive line. We would get to see Iowa State or Purdy the dark side where he implodes. The fact that Brock Purdy is unbeaten means it's just all the more likely that he has to lose some fun. And I am sorely tempted this, this game is as close to a coin flip this week as it gets. And I'm prepared to pick tails with everyone else is picking heads. I'm going to pick the Cowboys. Let's get some scores and then we've got some breaking news that's not particularly happy. Um, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going for the Niners. I'm going to go with the Niners winning. Uh, close one. Low scoring. 17-14 potentially. Phil? Uh, I've gone for a bit more points than that. I've gone for a Niners win, 28-21. to 21. Nice. And James, you're going to go for the Cowboys? Cowboys 22-16. Some breaking news, and as I say, it's pretty grim. Uh, Hall of Fame linebacker for the Chicago Bears, Dick Butkus, has died. Um one of the true great linebackers, oh. one of the most entertaining linebackers you'll watch on film, that's for sure. Ran like he had no knees because for a good chunk of his career, his knees were shot, but still played as one of the best linebackers in the league. He won Defensive Player of the Year in a year where the Chicago Bears were the worst team in the league, and that should say everything about how good a player he was. Played on the same team as Gale Sayers, obviously, as well. And as a result, those two were unnaturally good compared to the rest of that those Chicago Bears teams. Uh, genuine character after he finished playing as well, seemed to dominate the business world. Uh, speaking to someone that was, randomly spoke to someone that was in um, yeah. Brian's song, 
and got to got to vaguely know Dick Butkus as a result. Um, and and they're saying like he's just like this incredibly savvy businessman. Um, you saw him in adverts. You saw him in the NFL spots. He became just this larger than life character lived up to who he was and just kind of mellowed out in his old age. Um, he was at one of the Bears games recently and it's very sad to see that this is the Chicago Bears team that he's watching right now, but it's also probably very reminiscent of him as well. Uh, he will be missed one of the true great linebackers in the league. I think he was in the top 10 NFL players of all time in the top 100. I think he was in there. Um, if you get a chance, watch some of his film, watch him swearing at Green Bay Packers players, watch some of the stuff that he would not be able to get away with nowadays. But <laughs> at the time, the, the the picture that I've just seen is him single-handedly. I think there's a, you can see one Chicago Bears player underneath him pushing back four Green Bay Packers players and <laughs> should say everything. As soon as he crossed the line, he was all football and he was he was playing at 100% every single time. He will be missed, Dick so, Marcus. He, um, yeah. he, he had um, irrevocably trashed knees for, I think it was about the last three or four seasons of his career. Yeah. He, he didn't even play 10 years. Yeah. Um, in the 1960s, he accumulated 22 interceptions as a linebacker, which is, which is a lot for that era. Um, it, it's like, Jack Ham accumulating 32 in the 70s. Um, uh, that in and of itself made him an outlier. He was also considered to be far too big to be a middle mm. drafted. That year, the, the year he was drafted, I think he was picked ahead of Gale Sayers because I think he mm. was picked three. But they had picks. picked him. Then, I mean, they used to take Buckus became synonymous with violence mm. and to become synonymous with violence in an era where it was routinely common to see people snapping tibias on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. You do have to be a pretty tough human being and, and, and you're still synonymous with that kind of linebacker mentality of um, I am going to out-tough you and I am going to scare you and terrify you on the field and I'm going to be a relentless force that you are going to be terrified of. What was his, was his famous phrase? In fact, what he said was, he goes, when I hit someone, I didn't need, I wanted them to not have to look up to know that it was Dick Butkus that hit them. Like, yeah, <laughs> I love that so much. And you see players running away from him. Like he is, he, he, <laughs> he is just an absolute monster. Um, true monster of midway, I suppose. Um, yeah, sadly missed. And I'll tell you what, Bears, you're going to go out and win one. Win, You could do a lot worse than winning one for Dick, which is a game that's obviously already happened. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> as we're talking about this one, very sad way to end the, the, the show, which has been a fun one, guys. So thank you very much. Uh, if you want to contact us, hit us up on Twitter. It's just at GridOnGents. You can email us, hello chaps, at GridOnGentlemen.com. And come join the Discord. It's the pinned tweet on the Twitter. We will be discussing this, no doubt. And all the week's games, the game day chatter is one of my favourite things in the world. Um, mm -hmm. Phil, if people want to get hold of you, where can they get hold of you? 
Uh, you can get hold of me on Twitter at KnucklesHeavy7 and on Instagram at PhilKnuckles. And on James? the Discord. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, James? Proceed with Manus of Forethoughts for Discord. <laughs> That's the way to go. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you very much, all. Enjoy week five. It's probably going to be better than we've said it's going to be. Let's be honest. These weeks that we say, oh, it's not going to be very good, usually they turn up being really good. And we get, what, yeah. 21, 22 weeks of this? Let's enjoy it, even if yeah. the games are bad. And if you go into the London games, enjoy them as well. They're, they're going to be excellent as well. So have a good one, guys. We'll be back next week with some more NFL shenanigans. And goodbye. <laughs>